Hi friends, welcome to Naked Lesbian Soul. I'm Joe. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to talk about where does your desire come from? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, when is your desire born, I guess. Okay, so let's dive in. Okay. So, um, I guess what I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, this, this is right in there with coming out later in life because I didn't come out until I was in my late forties, right? Or was I 50? Maybe 50? Late forties? No, late forties. You were 49. Okay. So, um, I think, I think that's when you had your my aha moment okay so I think when I was younger um, and I mean really young I grew up in a neighborhood full of boys I was the only girl and there was a lot of like you know inquisitiveness uh, and I mean I I grew up in my house from the time I was two and my parents still live in the same house today so and I am going to be 55 so that's a long time to be in one house so I I grew up with like the same neighbors my entire childhood and then they were all boys and you know it 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 was fun it was very um traditional so I would say like when we played games like when the guys played army for instance I was always the nurse if we played house I was the mother if we played school I was the teacher I mean it was just very traditional roles yeah the typical female binary cisgender roles yeah yeah um and the boys in the neighborhood you know we would get to a certain age and they'd be like you know aren't you you know don't you want to see mine I'll show you mine if you show me yours type of thing and being the only girl in the neighborhood, it it fell on, it, it just happened a lot, I guess. I don't know. Um, it always made me super uncomfortable, um, but it always happened, not in a group, but like with more than one boy at a time. So, and nothing, nothing abusive, really. It was just, you know. Mm-hmm. Like peaking, you know, yeah, type but, of thing. Just, just but even if it's not kid. abusive, it's very intrusive. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my gut, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just saying this is what happened to me. So, so that's how I spent my young childhood, and then, um, you know, it got. It got, I had some weird experiences. At one point, I had a guy pull up in a car and he was jerking off in the car and kind of called me up to the car. And, you know, I basically took off. Um, But I always felt really guilty for somebody stopping me on the road and making me look at that. Like, I don't know why I felt guilty, but I always felt really trashy or something. Um, And then, um, you know, in middle school, it was boys feeling my butt all the time or pushing me up against a locker or just, I don't know, just very uncomfortable situations. Um, So 
I was never um, really comfortable in my own skin, I guess. I didn't want to be pretty. I didn't want people to look at me. I didn't want boys to think I was attractive. Um, and you, you, In the words of my therapist, you didn't want to be sexualized by any of them. I guess that's what it is, but I didn't want to be... All I knew is I didn't want to be pretty to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I I would ride the bus in middle school and high school and, you know, the boys would be feeling me and like just, it was just disgusting. Like it's just, it just makes me so mad that I didn't fight it all off, you know, sorry, and stand honey. up for myself and tell them no and stand on my own two feet and whatever. And I don't really know why I didn't. Do I don't know why because, I allowed it to happen. Do you think it's because girls were not told to say no before, like when you were in school? I don't know, because this behavior didn't seem to happen to other girls. Hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. So, you know, some bad experiences. Um, I had... A, a guy who was a manager of a store showing me Playboy magazines and Playgirl magazines. And he would show me like naked men and then watch for my reaction and just all kinds of, I don't know, just sexually weird things that happened between guys and me growing up. Um, but <laughs> And then on the flip side, I can say that I was a virgin when I met my now ex-husband and we were together from the time I was 16 until the time I got divorced at 59. So it's not like <laughs> I'm 49. Um, I'm not 59 yet. Holy, <laughs> holy schmoly. Um, so we were together for a very long time. So I wasn't, you know, a slut. I wasn't passed around. I wasn't sleeping around. I wasn't, you know, doing all kinds of whatever. Um, so we were together and he was my only. And, um, so in that regard, I kind of led a very sheltered life. Um, I don't feel like I was attracted to men or women. I didn't really feel sexual. I think it's because of all this stuff that happened to me. I mean, now I'm thinking about it more and more and more. I think it's because of all this stuff that happened to me. I turned my sexuality off. I didn't want to be sexual. I thought it was dirty. Mm -hmm. I thought it was vulgar. I thought it was, I thought it was something guys made girls do, you know, um, whether they talked them into it or whether they went and took it, mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Um, so I never really thought of girls in a sexual manner. And guys, well, I thought of them as being attractive. And that's because I think I was raised in the shoulds, what we mm -hmm. call the shoulds. And, you know, your parents raise you that you're going to grow up and find a nice man and settle down and get married and have kids. And I mean, my parents didn't raise me that maybe I would meet a nice person and fall in love with a person. It was, you know, a traditionally a, a boy or yeah. a man, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And I've got to say, when I got to be the age of marrying, I wanted a traditional marriage. I wanted to be married to a man. I wanted to have a husband. I wanted a father for my kids. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay home and raise my kids. I wanted to iron my husband's shirts and cook everybody's dinner and do the laundry and all of that, you know, run the household. And I was super, super lucky to be able to do that because my ex-husband allowed me to do that. We both agreed that it was very important to have a parent home to watch our kids grow, you know, and influence our kids and raise our kids. And so I was super, super lucky. Very, very thankful to have had that time. Do you think that he was a safe place? Meaning considering every other experience that you just mentioned earlier that you had with other boys mm -hmm. or men that um, maybe um, he was the least threatening. Not that he was ever threatening, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he, I do he, know what you mean. So, um, so he was so being very with safe. Him, right. So being with him, it may have made you feel safe, which mm -hmm. is probably why you didn't even consider He was super, super respectful of me. Mm -hmm. Super respectful of me. Uh, the only... The only real issue we had in our marriage was our sex life. And it was a huge issue. Um, but like I said, he was super respectful. So, um, you know, if I didn't want to have sex, we didn't have sex. Mm -hmm. And over all, the, all of those years, um, it pretty much came down to me controlling the situation. And I hated it. I hated being the one to determine, yes, we're going to have it or no, we're not. Sorry. Um, I just, I hated having all that control. I didn't want it, um, but that's just the way it went. Um, I just got to stop saying um. <laughs> so, okay, forgive the ums. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we had, we had a good marriage otherwise. Uh, and then I guess it, you know, when I met you, we were friends first mm -hmm. and the three of us, the four of us, right. you and your ex-husband, me and my ex-husband right. were all friends, um, basically born out of yours and my friendship. Correct. Um, we tagged the guys in afterwards. The four of us right. would go we out were, to dinner or we to the movies or whatever. We were trying to get the guys to become friends as yeah. well. So you and I were friends first mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time together as our friendship grew and I started to have feelings for you. And that's when, you know, I went to my ex and said, you know, I think I'm gay. And he said, you know, I think, I think you may be right. And then we had to figure out where we were going from there. Um, but I will tell you, as far as desire is concerned, my feelings for you after they grew, that's where my desire came from. I didn't really feel desire mm -hmm. before in mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel it. Um, 
and it was very strong. So the more I thought about this desire, the more I knew I must have been hurting my ex-husband because I didn't feel that towards him. And if he was feeling it towards me this whole time, then it wasn't fair for us to stay together any longer because that just isn't fair. I mean, I had never felt that before. So um, we decided to divorce and we are still family to this day. Um, but my desire for you grew and so talk about talk about that talk about that feeling talk about that desire what did it make you do considering the type of person that you are what okay so you know first when i was questioning things it uh made me ask you if i could kiss you. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from. Um, I would like to say it was born out of that desire because I will tell Joe all the time, I don't know where I got the balls to ask her if I could kiss her. Which is funny because neither one of us has balls. Right. Ha ha. <laughs> So I asked her if I could kiss her and she was like, uh, I guess so. So I kissed her and, you know, we, we met somewhere and we went shopping and when we were leaving, like we both knew that this was going to be it and we kind of kissed very briefly it was the fastest peck in the history of kissing because <laughs> I was really nervous. I was very anxious. I didn't know what this would do to our friendship. And I, I just, it, it was the unknown. It was the uncertainty, uncertainty of what could happen in the sense of this is going to ruin, ruin our entire friendship. I guess that's where I was. Yeah. Well, so after that kiss, we went our separate ways in the car and I called her and I said, that's not exactly what I had in mind that, you know, I don't want to kiss like I'm giving my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted a kiss. So she said, okay, come try it again. So the next day I went and tried it again and it was much better. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I did feel it. I felt that kiss deep down in my core. But it was just a kiss. And we knew that's all it was going to be. And it had a purpose and an intention. And it was for you to get a more clear. I wanted to see if there was something there. Like, I wanted to see if. I got a racing in my heart or that desire was sparked or something because I, you know, to go to somebody and break up a 30 year marriage for, you know, having four kids and, and living a lifetime since we were 16, you know, if I was going to 
if I was going to ruin that, I needed to be sure that I was ruining it for something and not just a hunch. So that's where that came from. And I did go home and tell my ex-husband that we kissed. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea what that would bring about. I just, right. I didn't know. I just knew that for me, it kind of meant that, yeah, I, I have feelings for her and I've never had feelings for a woman before. And this was something. Well, and it also allowed us to do a lot of reading and research and learning more about your sexuality at the time. And coming out later in life. Yeah, there's a bunch of books that we read. But also, how do you feel now that you are a more sexual person, that you're enjoying yourself sexually? Well, you know... While I don't necessarily, I think you're kind of like me. I, th I just learned a new thing called demisexual. You guys are all probably like, uh, yeah, I totally know what that is. Um, I've come to the realization that I am a demi pansexual. Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Okay. And a demisexual is a person that can only have sexual feelings for someone that they have an emotional connection with and a pansexual is someone that um is attracted to any person regardless of gender identity so i want to say that in your case you're definitely a demisexual person okay you need the connection to be there yeah. To allow anything to happen. And, right. And maybe that's why when you were younger, you were so horrified that all these people were doing all these things. And you're like, but there's nothing here. Like, stay away from me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah. I mean, I think I wanted to be your typical high school girl and have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But when the boyfriends wanted something from me, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and this is so clear to me now, but going through it, I really just believed I was like any other girl and, and it was the boys that wanted the sex and not the girls. Okay. And then later in life when I was married and I would talk to friends, you know, we would joke about, um, you know, not wanting it or whatever. And I thought, okay, then I'm pretty normal. Other wives don't want it either. And I don't know, somewhere along the lines, it switched to being normal and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, um, it's different for me now. It's, it feels good. It feels right. Um, it makes me really cringe about my high school years or whatever you want to call it, my formative years. Um, you know, and I just told my youngest daughter yesterday or the day before, you know, while you're in college and you don't have a serious, serious boyfriend, maybe you should experiment. You know, she thinks she may be bi, but she's not really sure. Um, and I think that she should experiment so that she has something to 
you know, think about something to compare things to something to, um, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I just woke up, mm-hmm. <laughs> woke up at 49 and was like, okay, you know, I've raised my kids. I've had my family. I've done all the things. And now it's my turn. I don't think that that's really what it was, but something woke up in me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, like you said, I think it's a great word for you to use desire. Mm-hmm. I think it's the appropriate word. I know a lot of people um, make reference that the person that turns you, and I'm using air quotes here because it's not like we're vampires turning anybody into anything, is considered your catalyst. Yes. And it's just... The catalyst that woke you. Exactly. It's just something that created a thought in your head and you just ran with it. Yeah, but again, like, where did I... I've never been a forward person. I've never wanted sex. I don't think I've ever really initiated it. I I don't really know. But what... I just am so shocked at myself that I asked you if I could kiss you because we were friends. So like what went through your head? You know what I mean? Like because we were friends and you felt comfortable enough with me and I wasn't threatening in any way, shape or form. I guess. That's the only way I can explain it. I guess. But I've become a little bit more (laughs) aggressive (laughs) somewhat in in my bit. desire um I'm yeah not, i'm not complaining I'm right not complaining. <laughs> but but i'm saying um i guess it comes with being woken up you know yeah. i feel like a teenager i feel i feel young in my heart you feel giddy i do feel giddy i feel i feel like a teenager like it's all new to me you know, it, it's like, it's all right, so it's when are we getting new. married? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's taken how this many episodes? This is about desire. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> how many episodes before I even brought the marriage thing up? <laughs> yeah, this is it's a, a daily it's a thing. thing. It's a thing. You'll, you'll learn about it eventually. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be our next talk. Oh, I thought our next talk would be about being a catalyst. And all that goes with being a catalyst. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. We got now two topics for our next podcast. Uh Stay tuned, guys. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so I don't know. I guess, again, I was thinking about all those things from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I wish I um, was a stronger person when I was younger. Um. But, you know, I grew up the way I grew up, and this is what I got. And But you know what? Um, just to add on to that, growing up, you were told, and, well, I'm assuming most of our listeners were told the same thing, that if a boy, you know, pulls your hair or pulls your skirt or does something, it means he likes you, so you're supposed to like that. That is, like, the worst advice a girl can get. But it's the advice people have gotten from eons. Like, well, you know, maybe, the whole caveman grabbing the her, the girl by the hair and dragging her yeah, into the cave. I, I've had that actually happen to me. I'm sorry. That's awful. 
Yeah, not the hair, not the hair pulling, but I've been thrown over someone's shoulder and carried off to go do things. And yeah, it's when I think back to it, it makes me sick. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me absolutely sick. Because that shouldn't happen to anybody. We need to start raising people to respect boundaries, to be caring and loving and kind. And just, you like this person, tell them, hey, but again, I think you're nice. I think you're kind. Can we spend time together? But I think like you said, it's, you know, the boys that feel your butt, oh, they like you. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they brush up against you, oh, they like you. And then, you know, are you supposed to like turn into a bitch. I mean, I've also been called a prude. I've also been called cold. I've also been called like heartless. Well, good. I'm so, glad they called you that. You know what? Yeah, but because so that's, I mean, that's I mean, a hell of a thing. I You're know. either a bitch and cold or frigid. I love that word. I've been called frigid and it makes you feel inadequate. It makes, it hurts your feelings and it makes it you does. feel how, it makes you wonder, it makes me wonder, how do I, how do I be um, caring and loving or outgoing or whatever? It's such a fine line. It is, but the fact that they called you that, frigid, cold, or whatever, it means that you somehow in all that mess that was going on you managed to stand up to your for yourself and say to that boy guy whatever no somehow you did it because they didn't get what they wanted so their very immature reaction to like but my dick is hard and i can't get anything out of you is going to be well you're such a Yes. My dick is hard, so you should want me. Yeah. And that's been right for eons. Like even I can take it back to a childhood memory of mm -hmm. a kid sitting in a garage on a chair with his dick out saying, don't you want to touch it? No, no, I don't want to touch it. Yeah. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to touch it. Like, so Anyway, I struggle with the fact that I didn't know then that I was gay. But this comes with being over 50 at this point and rethinking all these childhood memories. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking, my God, why didn't I know something then? All I knew was that I wasn't attracted to male to dick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want dick. Okay, to male genitalia. I didn't find it attractive. I didn't really want it. Um, it was always put in front of me, put up against me, whatever. Like, why don't you want this? You should want this because I'm hard. You should want me. Um, so, all right. Now let's talk about, since you brought male genitalia, let's talk about female genitalia. How do you feel about that? I feel that it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should have seen her smile on her face. Um, <laughs> Here I um um um. Uh, excuse me. When I feel female genitalia, as you say, it's it is that electrifying. The desire comes out. It's all very positive. Mm -hmm. All very positive. Um, but you know, I don't know if that had happened when I was. 
15, if right. that would have turned me on, that maybe it would have. Right. But in my head, it wasn't even a thought because of the yeah. shoulds. And you know what? Being your friend before you and I got together, before we became a thing, before we even had sex, I think definitely gave me a, a what is it, a leg up in my game, so to speak. It's not in, a game. in what way? Well, I always wanted our encounters, you know, once you and I started being together, to always be positive to you. Mm-hmm. Because I already knew your story, because mm-hmm. I already knew everything that had happened to you as a child, as a kid, in your formative years, I didn't want any... I, I didn't and I don't because I still try extremely hard. I don't want ever, ever to be any kind of negative association of you and I together when we're being intimate um, because I'm not about that. I'm about the love and the care. and I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm a pleaser. I will whatever you want. I'm all yours. <laughs> Aren't I lucky? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I I am more aroused and more turned on knowing that you're having a heck of a good time mm-hmm. than any other situation, which is why usually I focus on you first because that's what gets me going. Okay. Why are you smiling? I don't know. <laughs> All of a sudden, she Maybe looked TMI. away. Maybe TMI. I don't know. <laughs> she looked away and she started smiling. <laughs> Is it embarrassing? Mm-hmm. It's late, people. All right. So we're going to leave now because apparently, I don't know, it's late, people. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening. And I guess we have two new topics to talk about for next time around yeah let us let us know about this episode let us know when when your desire started or what prompted your desire or were you like me and you didn't really have desire until you were woke by a catalyst or by anything yeah okay oh and by the way i just um message anchor fm who we do our podcast through and apparently there had been a glitch and which is why our podcast was not in any other platforms as of today we are being now distributed to all major platforms apple may take a couple more weeks for them to have us on their platform but other than that right now we're on spotify beaker breaker breaker um pocket cast and there was a google one wasn't there a google one i don't know all right well we should be around more now on other on other platforms that played podcast thanks for listening please know what you think please send us an email to naked lesbian soul at gmail.com bye bye